The Story of the World, created by Matt Serka. Stereo headphones are strongly recommended. Chapter 1. Denizens I've been here too long. There's no rational basis for the thought. It's just a feeling. One of having been stationary for an unwarranted, uncomfortable, even dangerous length of time. Tim's eyelids stick as they try to open, and once they do, the influx of light is so overwhelming that Tim's sight registers nothing but a fuzzy whiteness, guitar distortion, in visual form. His other senses are faster. Pressure on the front of his body and warmth on the side of his face indicate that he's lying on the ground, probably under sunlight. Signals from his inner ear, now interrogated, drunkenly stir and confirm Tim's position in space. Fuck. I've got to get up. Tim thinks. His body is ready to move. Soft pinpricks touch his face whenever he breathes, suggesting the presence of grass. A layer of grass on top of dirt. Pretty standard dirt, really. Under a pretty standard, bright blue sky. Uh. Tim realizes his vision has returned. A second later, another sense comes online, and Tim begins searching for the source of an unfamiliar smell, even while his eyes are still too close to the ground to register anything but grass, dirt, and, in his periphery, that picturesque, expected, wax paper sky. As Tim lifts himself, the awful smell becomes the air, the air, the smell, until Tim is forced to begin breathing through his mouth, which, incredibly, doesn't help. The human nose leads to a single sensor, one without the direction-determining capabilities of, for example, human ears, which can work together as a system to figure out which way a sound is coming from. It must be only by chance, then, that when Tim sits up, he finds himself staring directly at the source of the smell, into the lungs of the monster that is exhaling all over the oversized lawn on which Tim is waking up. Tim remembers being told once that smoke grenades are effective because they are designed to expel smoke in thick sheets, not at all like the airy broth that rises from conventional fires. Tim never checked if that's true. If it is, though... This smell works just like a smoke grenade. It's a pile of corpses. Animals. Cows, maybe. Or maybe not. It's difficult to tell from where Tim is sitting. So he gets up, and he moves toward the corpses. His eyes are tearing up, either from the light or the smell. Although he knows he should look up, glance around, get his bearings... This rational imperative is overruled by a more urgent one, the need to investigate, quickly, evidence of the most pressing possible threat. That, and curiosity. Or maybe they're the same thing. Tim approaches the rotting animal corpses. They gurgle. From the corner of his eye, Tim thinks he sees the far one move. He freezes to look at it directly, holding his breath but all is still. The moment's pause gives Tim a chance to check his own body. This is important, he realizes. He has no idea if he's injured or not, or what state he passed out in. So he checks. He's carrying nothing, holding nothing. 
the deliberateness of this realization is baffling. Did I take a fuck ton of drugs last night? Am I still fucked up? He thinks, examining his hoodie, the t-shirt underneath, and his jeans. There is nothing in any of the pockets. Tim's sneakers are inexplicably wet, and he can feel the moisture seeping into his socks. Having confirmed that he's uninjured, Tim creeps forward, closing the distance between him and the nearest corpse. He bends down to touch the rotting animal parts, moving his hand into his field of vision toward the festering meat below, as if touching it will help him better understand how the body came to be in this state. A flash of motion in the corner of Tim's eye causes him to freeze, and he looks up to see that the farthest corpse has burst open and a rotting mass of organs has fallen out. A translucent brown liquid seeps from the mass, hissing as it touches the soft lawn beneath it. The mass rises, assembling itself into a crude body the size of a wild boar. On makeshift legs, the thing lumbers toward Tim, leaving a trail of dead grass behind it. It's at this point that the other three corpses in the pile begin to gurgle and stir. Holy fuck! Thanks, Tim, already running in the opposite direction. He hears a series of ripping sounds, followed by three gory explosions, and he looks over his shoulder to see organ piles climbing out of the remaining corpses. After a few steps, the soggy weight of Tim's shoes begins to feel heavy, and in a panic, he wonders if he might be quicker with just socks. Mid-run, awkwardly, he takes off his shoes, gripping one in each hand as he sprints away from the animated organ piles, which, yes, a glance confirms, are chasing him. There's a barn nearby. Tim makes for the front door, a single door, not the large livestock-ready portal he'd expected. The organ piles are slower than Tim, but still much much faster than they look. With nothing but open ground between him and the barn door, Tim recognizes his chance to check his surroundings. In the six and a half seconds that it takes for him to look around, this is what he sees. Tim is running for his life across a sprawling lawn of soft grass. Behind him and to his right, the lawn extends for miles, but is blocked by a strange, shifting haze. At first, it seems as though the lawn runs infinitely in that direction, but as Tim continues to look, the horizon creeps closer, as if the edge of the world is moving toward him. He blinks, and the lawn is endless again. To Tim's left, the miles of grass are interrupted by a small lake. A tiny jungle island sits in the middle of it, and a river feeds into the lake on one side. Past the lake, very far in the distance, there is a massive, industrial-looking building. One edge of it seems to be built over the water. The large barn, toward which Tim is now frantically running, shoeless, sits partially inside a dense forest. Tim cannot see past the first few trees in the tree line. Tim turns and runs backward for a second, stealing a glance at his pursuers. He knows he should get to the barn as quickly as possible, but he is terrified by the idea that the organ piles could have somehow picked up speed. He has to check. To Tim's relief, the organ piles appear to be creeping forward at their original pace, and Tim begins to spin again, mid-run, toward the barn. Before he finishes turning, though, he sees a huge mountain range past the organ piles. 
He thinks there might be a cave way in the distance, but it could just be an indentation in the rock or a shadow. <laughs>